Welcome back, Cracked fans, to another edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. It is officially time to begin one of my favorite exercises we do here at CR, a tradition that began last season, but one we hope to carry into each and every college tennis season moving forward. That, of course, is an exercise we refer to as NCAA Press Row, where I attempt to speak with each of the remaining 16 men's and women's head coaches prior to the start of the NCAA Tournament round of 16. Now, each of these conversations you'll hear over the next few days will be relatively similar in format. I want to talk to each of these coaches about their NCAA opening weekends, what allowed them to advance to this NCAA Sweet 16. Then I want to recap the season, where things stand. I want to talk about each team's best win of the year, the match they perhaps would like to replay the most from the course of the season. We'll talk about the team MVP, the most improved players that have made the success possible for all of these teams this season. Then, of course, I got to pick the coaches' brains about some big picture topics. I want to talk about the Super Regional format going to the top eight seeds for this round of 16 versus the traditional all-sweet 16 matches are played at one location format. What do these coaches prefer? Still very early in the exercise of determining if the Super Regional is worthwhile, but always fun to hear the coaches' initial reactions. And then, of course, we'll try to preview all of these Sweet 16 matches. I will try to coax as many match calculi as I I can from each of these coaches. What is their pathway to four points? How do they project their team's success moving forward throughout the NCAA tournament? We'll talk about all of that and so much more. Again, have a jam-packed week of content prepared for all of you listeners as we get all of you ready for the 2022 college tennis season's home stretch. Of course, you're going to be able to find each of these conversations both here on the Cracked Interviews podcast feed as well as on our website, CrackedRackets.com. Of course, you will also hear the same intro outro on each of these podcasts. I do apologize for that fact. Just makes life a little bit easier, a little bit cleaner for both myself and super producer Daniel Westoff. But again, over the next five days, I will attempt to speak with each and every men's and women's head coach remaining in the 2022 Division I NCAA tournament. Of course, the reason we're able to do that here on the Cracked Interviews podcast is because of the support we get from all of you college tennis fans out there who have tuned in week in, week out. We are immensely grateful for that fact. Also, I have to give a huge shout out to our friends at Swing Vision, who, of course, are on the forefront of all artificial intelligence innovations happening within the tennis world. If you are a college tennis head coach listening to these podcasts, if you are a player, if you are someone with high-level tennis aspirations, download the Swing Vision app today. You'll have access to more data, more things to improve your tennis game than you ever had before, all within the palm of your hand in an app on your phone. So again, learn more about our friends at Swing Vision by clicking on the link in the description to this podcast. I promise all of you, it is the most efficient way to improve your game in the modern day. A huge thank you to our friends at Swing Vision. Use that promo code CRACK20 when you sign up. But again, appreciate all of their support for this show. With that said, again, press row coming up. Going to try and speak with each of the remaining 16 men's and women's head coaches before the start of the NCAA round of 16. With that in mind, let's get to this interview. Hey, crack fans. 
Before we get to today's show, I want to let all of you listeners know about the revolutionary work being done by our friends over at Swing Vision. Now, all of us as tennis players are constantly searching for that piece of information that's going to give us that one, two, three percent edge whenever we step onto the court. We want to know, am I hitting my forehand with enough depth? Am I accurately placing my backhands? Am I employing patterns on the court that are putting me in an optimum position to experience success? Thankfully, all of those questions can now be answered via the app produced by our friends at Swing Vision. Folks, it's extraordinarily simple. You're going to download the app. You're going to turn that app on your phone. You're going to put your phone on the back fence, the back curtain of whatever court you're playing on. You're going to hit record. And then using artificial intelligence, Swing Vision is going to break down your performance. If you click on the link that you find in the podcast description here on today's episode, you'll go right to the Swing Vision website. And of of course, friends who use our Cracked Rackets promo code CRACK20 are going to get an additional $20 discount and a free 14-day pro trial on the Swing Vision app. Again, you use that promo code CRACK20, $20 discount, as well as a free 14-day pro trial. How do you find the link? To get signed up, just go back to your podcast feed. It's in the podcast description of this episode. You go to the Swing Vision website, you set up your account, you download the app, you get rocking and rolling, get all the information one location with our friends at Swing Vision. Joining us on the podcast for the first time today, a coach who has to be proud as her team delivered the only upset of the opening weekend of the 2022 NCAA Division I Women's Tennis Tournament. Welcome onto the show, the head coach of the Vanderbilt Women's Tennis Team, Aliki Subanos. Coach, welcome to the program. How are you doing today? Thanks, Alex. Thank you for having me. I'm doing really good. Just rolling here to A&M, getting ready for our first practice. Yeah, and of course, this is a podcast medium. Of all of the coaches we've interviewed thus far, and we're in our late 20s, you look the most comfortable. You look the most ready for an NCAA tournament weekend. So I'm obviously uh, excited to get the chance to chat with you all today, and let's get right into it. The only team to upset one of the 16 host sites on the women's side. You guys go to Ohio State. You earn the victory. Talk to me about how your team performed in the opening weekend. Yeah, you know, I was um, I actually thought we might end up at Ohio State just because of the, the logistics of travel. And um, so that was something that we kind of kept our eye on. And uh, I was just really proud of the team. Um, we've we've really been, I think, performing our best as of late. And obviously, when you're getting ready for a season, that's always what you're striving for is to sort of be clicking and really competing at your highest level as you're getting near the postseason, And I think we've, we've done that and, and continue to do it. Um, Ohio state, um, obviously we were there also a year ago and, and had a heartbreaking, uh, four, three loss there in the round of 32. And, um, that was, that was tough and returned a bunch of kids from that team. And obviously, uh, Melissa also brought back a lot of the same players and so different matchups and obviously a different day, but, the team just fought. They fought really hard. Um, I thought we played a great doubles point, which certainly helps uh, with some momentum is getting that doubles point and, and then having to get three more in singles. But we were committed. I thought we played really tough. We played smart and uh, we're fortunate enough to, to come out with that victory. 
Yeah. And, you know, again, looking at your team this season and you look at the overall record, certainly at the end of the year to end up, I think it's what, 18 and seven or something, 18 and nine, excuse me, where you're at at the end of this Mm -hmm. season. That said, and we had the chance to watch a lot of Vanderbilt women's tennis here this year at Crack Rackets. It does feel like this is a completely different team since April 1st. And I would go back to that match against South Carolina where you guys dropped the doubles point and, you know, Megan Davies of South Carolina was up and had multiple opportunities to close out Holly staff. She wasn't able to do it. Your team takes four straight victories, uh, four victories in the bottom four parts of the singles lineup. Fair to say that was a turning point for the Commodores this year. Yeah, I really, I really do think it was. Um, as you kind of hinted at, we were not in great shape looking uh, at least record-wise before that in the conference. And and that win was pretty pivotal for us. And I give Holly staff a lot of credit because Megan is a, an incredibly tough competitor, as everybody in the SEC knows, if, if not outside the SEC. And um, Holly, you know, there were chances where it didn't look didn't look especially promising, but she kind of kept her wits about her. She stayed pretty calm. She was really, really open on changeovers to sort of some tactical changes. And uh, the way she pulled that, that match out in the end was really, really pivotal for us. And I think it, it gave the team a lot of belief. Um, and they were really spirited, which was also, I don't want to say a change for us, but um, South Carolina can be a very spirited team, and, and we kind of brought our own energy and our own enthusiasm, and pulling that out, I think, was, was huge for us. And we then, of course, you know, lost to Florida, but found a way to get another road victory the next weekend at Tennessee, which, again, I think instilled a little bit more belief in the team and really kind of helped propel us there through the, the, the rest of the SEC play. Yeah, I know you mentioned that Tennessee match. I mean, a very similar scenario, right? Where you guys dropped the doubles point. And I actually, you probably, yeah. came, I mean, fair to say you came closer to winning the doubles probably against Tennessee. Like it felt like you had that yeah, in hand. We, we, yeah, we did actually. I think we were ahead there at, at number three doubles. And mm-hmm. we had, I want to say five, four, maybe 40 love at, at one and, and, and couldn't quite pull it out. And so that was a little bit deflating. But that said, you know, you, you can't, you want to get the doubles point as much as you can, but when you don't, it can't be sort of the end all be all of a duel. And I thought we responded to not getting the doubles point really well in the way that we started out in the singles um, with some momentum on really, I think it was maybe four out of the six courts. Um, and, and, and that really helped us. And it was just so much respect for, for Allison and Jared at Tennessee. And, and they've done a really, really great job. And that's a, it's a great rivalry for us. And it's uh, also a tough, a place to go in and, and get a win on the road, but we were able to do that. And again, I think that that really helped Yeah, indoors as well, too, which was that much more impressive. And, you know, again, I am curious for you from a coaching perspective, what were those first two, three months of the year like where, you know, again, you, it's not as though you guys were getting blown out, but just it felt like close at match after close match kept breaking against you guys. How, you know, the four threes at our, uh, at Auburn and against yeah. Arkansas, how do you keep the team together in those moments? Yeah, they, they were. And, you know, and Auburn was really, um, the matches were close by and large, but it was, a, it was a four one in which we, then after that one at, at number one and two singles and, yeah. you know, the Arkansas match was, was tough and it was also close, but we just, we couldn't, it, we weren't quite putting it together in all nine positions in terms of all three doubles and all, and all three singles. And 
um, you know, really even look back at, I think, the LSU match, we had, I think, two match points to win the doubles point and four match points to win the singles and ended up, that was heartbreaking, ended up losing that 4-3 and, you know, quite frankly, just maybe didn't feel that great, but we weren't that far off. So I think it was really a matter of just trying to keep encouraging belief in the kids because they were competing well. We just weren't kind of clicking on all cylinders yet. And so those losses are, are hard because you feel like you're, you're right there and you're just not quite able to get over the hump. But as I said, I don't think the belief ever wavered and we kind of came back and I think our team did a really good job of kind of individually addressing some things that maybe were coming up in matches that they needed to improve upon. And again, historically just we've tried to do not not too much focus on I mean the results really and this sounds like so cliche but they really just take care of themselves and you can't I, I don't think overemphasize that and more emphasize what what can you what can you manage what can you take control of or what can you do during the week to prepare yourself the best that you can to get ready for the match and then you know do do the best job you can of trying executing and the score really takes care of itself whether you're able to pull through or whether, you know, your opponent is, is the better player that day and, and you, you shake hands and you walk off the court, but you, you can't really control the winning and the losing. You just have to prepare yourself as best you can. And then you have a peace of mind of knowing, Hey, what, whatever happens happens. And if we throw everything at them and we don't get it, we don't get it. But they're, you know, they're at, at that point in the season, there will be another match to play. Mm-hmm. We all agree LSU is the best five and 14 team in college tennis history, right? Like no question. And they were so, very good. They were yeah. very good. And I know they were down a player and mm-hmm. obviously that impacted them, but um, they were very good and they were very competitive. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you there. And, you know, I think get lost, getting lost in all the shuffle, because obviously there's been a lot going on outside of college tennis. You talk about the pandemic and everything going on in the world. Uh, You know, it's only your second season, I believe, at the helm uh, as head coach at Vanderbilt. How what difference, you know, how helpful was last year? And first of all, COVID restrictions loosening a bit here. How different has this season been? And do you feel as though you've gained your footing here? Yeah, I do. And and again, you said it, but I mean, I've been here, this is my 15th year overall. And in addition to the four years that I played here under coach McDonald and then 14 years that we coached together. And last year was, um, he, he was on with me and we kind of, we segued me starting as head coach together, which I think made, made things a little bit more seamless for me. Um, and coach McDonald and I remain very close. We talk to each other every day. Um, I still kick the tires with him on lots of different things. And, you know, this year having Haley Carter come on as my assistant has been amazing. She's done an incredible job helping to develop some of our players, really all of our players, um, in particular Dasha Cortina, who has been incredible all spring for us. I mean, I don't even know what her record is now, but um, she has just become so reliable um, and, and contributed in mightily in singles and in doubles. Um, but you know, it's nice sort of in a way to have some of the restrictions loosened. I know there were a lot of teams that were limited in terms of travel and how far you could go and who you could play. And, and that that always impacts a season in terms of opportunities that you can get or, or, or not have a crack at. So it feels, um, though we're still kind of dealing with COVID being around, it feels a little bit more normal, which I think is helpful and, and maybe a little bit more of a stress relief than how it felt the last couple of years. Does it concern you at all that your tenure at Vanderbilt can now legally drink in the United States? 
That would say that one more time. That your tenure at Vanderbilt can now legally buy a drink in the United States. You know, it's like 19, 20, 21 years old. It's almost that time for how long you've been. Uh, in, yeah. I, yeah, yeah, I imagine it's gotten pretty comfortable. <laughs> it has. It has. And I, you know, it's home. I mean, it's home for yeah. me. It's it's what I know. It's what I love. Um, but I couldn't imagine being anywhere else. And um, but just I'm very prideful. I'm prideful and as, as an alum and as I said, um, on another filming the other day, I'm just feel a great responsibility to the university, but also a lot of excitement about what this team and what this program can do moving forward. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad I have the opportunity to do that. And, and I, I'm grateful for all the support that I do have from alumni community, our administration, um, our AD and, um, yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's been it's been really fun. No, I love to hear that. Well, again, let's talk about your team. And you mentioned Dasha sure. there. And obviously, for her in particular, uh, 20 and 2 overall on the season yeah. in singles yeah. matches. She's won 11 consecutive decisions. I'm asking all these coaches this as we try to prepare our uh, all of college tennis fans for this NCAA round of 16. If you were to name a team MVP of the season, does it go to Dasha? Yes. Mm-hmm. Make the case. Yes. You know, she's Dasha's been really um as i said earlier the term i come up with consistently is she's been so reliable she has been an incredible competitor every single match i think even in the matches that she didn't finish i think almost all of them i think she was leading in and she she though she's she's a bit of a quiet leader i don't think she's she's not the most like you know, she's not the kid that yells all the time and, you know, kind of rallies the troops, but she does it in her own way. And, and when she does have a little spirit and a little confidence on the court, I think that helps her teammates tremendously. And I think sometimes, you know, based on a position in the lineup, it doesn't seem relevant, but what I say to the team is all the time, every point is the same, whether it's one, two, three, four, five, or six. And, she has performed everywhere that she's been. And I think anybody that can play dual match season like that and, and come through that many times over and over again, um, really puts themselves in that conversation. And I certainly think Dasha has done that for us. Yep. On the flip side, who has been the most improved player from the start of the season? I would I would I think you're you're looking at really again Dasha and also I think Holly Staff has made great strides um this year, as has Anna Ross from yeah. really a year ago. Um they have both been just rock solid. I know Anna Anna's been playing one for us all year. Holly was at three and is now at two and just really finding her footing as a competitor and kind of she's doing a really good job of sort of problem solving in matches and sort of figuring it out as she goes, even if she doesn't have the answers right away. But and there and those two are also both incredibly spirited and their energy really bleeds over to the other courts in a duel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, looking at your team and at your roster, there's only one player on your team uh, who's played in one singles, you know, in a certain single spot the entire duration of the season. That's Anna Ross, who has played, you know, at the number one single spot exclusively. That said, you've moved all the other pieces around throughout the course of the year. I'm curious, having six players all of similar level and, you know, again, knowing that, yeah, certainly the depth has been outstanding for you, but carving the turkey every time is going to look a little bit different. (laughs) Is that a burden or a blessing for you as a coach? 
Oh, it's not a burden at all. It's a blessing to have sort of that the ability to do that and have players that can play in, in different positions. And I think Anne is in the unique position of just she's had she has a beautiful game. She has a wonderful serve, a huge forehand, and she really feels the court well with her chip. And she can kind of she's a bit more of a take over the point early type player and and she's done an incredible job for us and that's always a difficult position to play especially in our conference um but no it's 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 nice to have that sort of flexibility if you need it and sometimes you do sometimes you don't and in this case I think it's helped us um I think also um Amy Stevens has done a really good job especially here late in the season um she's played really mostly kind of five and six but has had some just gigantic results at the end of the year, um, clinching several of the last matches that we've played. And she's also a player who I feel like has has grown considerably from the fall, for sure. Yeah, no, I mean, again, some of the players you mentioned, Holly Staff, seven and two in her last 10 and 13 and six overall, but clearly has come on strong of late. Amy's also seven and two in her last 10, 16 and seven overall. Mm-hmm. Talk about the doubles. 39 and 33 in individual sets. You've also played 17 different pairings throughout the course of this season, which shout out to you. That's third most of our sweet 16 teams. Thus oh my far. gosh. Oh God. Who are the others? Who did so more? I forgot that who has like tw- a lot. Yeah. Someone had 25, which I looked at them yeah. and I was like, are you insane? Um, and they were like, yes, I, might be. Yeah, exactly. But again, that tinkering, I'm sure some of that's a byproduct of injuries and just, again, all of these different things. But what leads to yeah. that many combinations and how do you feel yeah, about some, Somewhat. And I mean, I love doubles. I love doubles. Yeah. Haley loves doubles. Um, we're, we feel like we're, we're finally kind of, finally kind of got our doubles here together at the end, <laughs> although it took several months. But, um, you know, uh, someone who's played a huge part in that also has been Marianne Rompf, who we um, paired up with um, Dasha Cortina, and they've done a really good job. I know they've they've lost a couple recently, but um, they really have performed overall pretty well for us at, at number three doubles. And then kind of reuniting the combination of Anna and Holly at one, um, you know, you're always in your head about a team like, hey, this is a good team and that's a good team. How do we feel about this team or that team? And then, you know, are you do you divide players up to kind of like strengthen teams so that they're a little more similar or what? And you, you're as a coach, you're always like trying to find the solution to that. And sometimes obviously it comes a little later than you would like. But, um, you know, Holly and Anna are a really tough team. I think right now they're actually sitting at two out of the double straw as a second alternate. Um you know, and maybe they'll get a shot, maybe they won't, but um, they've been really an impressive team a lot of the times at one and put themselves in a chance to, to win. I think, you know, not every match, but almost every match. And they're, they've got a lot of firepower between the serves and and ground strokes. And, um, you know, they've been really good and they were, I think they were preseason. They might've been a preseason top 10 team. And we kind of, did deal with some injuries where we had to sit people periodically here and there. So then you're trying new combinations and, but you know, they're, they're clicking now as of late and then, you know, Anessa and Marcella are beginning to play a little bit better. And so you just, it's hard. It's really hard is the, you know, like I, I love, we'd always love to figure it out in like September and then go, Hey, that's what we're going to roll with all year long. But the other part of it too, though, Alex is we, in terms of the way we try to teach doubles is look, it's like a language and you learn to speak it. And that way you can do it with anyone. And it's less about who you're playing with and more knowing 
this is what I'm, this is where I'm supposed to be. Here's where this goes. Here's where I cover. And, and you understand how to play doubles regardless of who you're playing with, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. No, absolutely. And I'm curious. And th- again, I don't know. You can see the appearance. I'm a nerd who needs a haircut, but uh, with that in mind, yeah, there's just, again, podcast medium. Um, when you're coaching doubles, what's the more difficult thing to coach the skill set or the energy it takes? Because obviously one set, no ad scoring, it's a rat race. I'm curious, what's the more difficult thing to communicate to your players? You know, I mean, we always communicate energy. A lot of that is up to them. And, sure. you know, certainly I think sometimes they look to us as coaches to kind of like fire them up from the bench. But I mean, if they can bring that on their own, that's great because then you can focus on a little bit more of the strategic whether it's a play call or something that you're trying to pick on on the other side or whatever. So I think when you get more to the tennis part and you let them handle like getting their emotions up and, and getting their energy up, then I think you're, you're in better shape as a coach. Yeah, no, I like that. All right. With that in mind, again, looking at your team, looking at the season, you could replay one match from the year. What are you picking? Replay one match in the year, probably, probably the LSU match, um, because I thought there was some opportunities that we missed in that, in, in some more probably in the doubles. Um, but yeah, I, I would probably replay that one. And it's, it's always the losses, right? It's never like oh, yeah, because you're just like, what could I have done differently? Well, I mean, it's always easier to learn from a loss sometimes than a win. It seems like, but. Um, yeah, that would probably be the one that I would want to replay. I'm going to disagree. I like winning. I'm oh, tell me. Winning. Yeah, exactly. Oh. I'm, I'm team win. Okay. Oh, match of the year that I'd replay? Ooh, oh, it's a good question. I mean, Tennessee to me, I would like to see that match played a second time just to know if the result will end up yeah. the same. Like if you play it 10 mm-hmm. times, one of the times yeah. you're taking doubles but losing four singles yep. matches. Yeah, like it's just yep. I feel like every permutation was possible in that match. Yep. Yeah. And yeah. so that was one of my favorite of the season. Uh, obviously, with that in mind, uh, you know, speaking of matches, uh, you know, I was, maybe that was a setup to say, oh, I want the A&M match back. And thankfully, we get it back here today because obviously yep. you guys are going to face yeah. Yeah, in the Sweet 16, your thoughts on that matchup, what it's going to take? Yeah, no, sure. I mean, obviously, this is the third time we're going to see them. Um, I thought from the first time to the second time was very, very different. Obviously, that was also in Gainesville. This is back here in College Station. Um, and But I I really feel like, as I said, I think we've we've done a really good job of now trying – having now having all that information from the first two times around, like really preparing the kids as best we can, as best as we could have for matchups and some things that we want to look at doing maybe a little differently in doubles. Um, But again, as I also said, I think we're, our trend has been, you know, upwards, which is always what, what you want at this time of year. But um, this is different. You know, the conditions are going to be a little warmer. Obviously they are for both teams. Um, Last time we played here, it was really windy. Uh, we played kind of a later afternoon match at, I don't know, I think it was like five o'clock. But, you know, again, I think you, you condition your team all year long and you prepare for this this point in the season. And I think we've done a really good job of that. And I'm excited to get 
get another chance at these guys. Absolutely. A wise man once said it's really freaking hard to beat a team three times in a row. So obviously uh, you got, you'll all have that chance here. You're playing this match in College Station, as you alluded mm-hmm. to. Do you prefer the Super Regional format or the Sweet 16 Super Site? Oh, you're putting me on the spot, man. <laughs> um, I don't, I mean, I, when I played, it was sweet 16 site, but we also were not with the men. So we yeah. had our own mm-hmm. end of the year. And I, I enjoyed that as a player. Um, now having coached and been to that final site when there were that many men's and women's teams together, and then having the logistical nightmare of rain yeah. has been not fun. Um, at all. I think this though, like I, I actually, I might have to get back to you after this, this match and after this weekend, but you know, having another, another on another college campus, another match I think is, is kind of a neat wrinkle. Um, and then sort of alleviating the pressure on the final site for whoever, whoever is hosting it, um, whether it's at a college or at the USTA campus, I think is very helpful, but you know, you always get, you always get a different vibe when you're on a college campus for a match versus a different site. So, you know, I know they'll have a great crowd out and they'll have a lot of support. I think it's, it's commencement weekend here as it was last weekend at Ohio state. So um, surely they'll have some support out and I think we'll have a little bit as well, but you know, I'm just, we're just looking, I'm looking forward to it. I yeah. don't care what the format is. I like that. We'll save it till 2025 when it's been five years and we can be like, all right, now let's yeah. assess and yeah, let's evaluate too soon to say, I, I yeah, think that's I'll, fair. I'll, I'll get back to you. Yeah, I'll get back to you. Uh, On the same note, you talk about your own playing days. And I think over the past 15 years in uh, college tennis, particularly on the women's side, Stanford, Florida, obviously Vanderbilt has been exceptional as well. There have been some, you know, UCLA, some blue blood schools at the top of college tennis this year. And obviously some of this is no ad scoring feels like there's a lot of parody. Like it does feel like we're at the sweet 16. I could not tell you who is going to win the NCAA tournament. Is that a good thing or a bad thing for the sport? Yeah, I think it's a great thing. I think, um, you know, actually Jeff and I were talking about this a couple of weeks ago. It was like, you could pretty much predict down to the finals who was going to be 20 years ago, who was going to be in each round. And, you know, in a way that was, I mean, it was what it was, but it was like not, not as exciting. And now you go, God, even round of 64, round of 32, who knows? Um, Round of 16, I mean, pick them. But I, I don't know. I think it's great for college tennis. The more teams that are better, the better everybody gets. And um, the more people get excited, they get behind their teams. It's, it's something to cheer for. And I think it's great for the sport. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hope all of you enjoyed my conversation with another head coach of a Sweet 16-bound college tennis team. A huge thank you both to this coach and every coach for taking the time to chat with us here at Cracked Rackets. Again, trying to set the scene for all of you listeners down the 2022 college tennis season's home stretch. I've been immensely flattered by the reception we have gotten from all of these coaches who are so willing to participate in this exercise. And again, try to set the scene 
for all of you listeners, try to make sure you maximize your enjoyment through these final few weeks of the college tennis season. The plan here is to interview all 32 remaining head coaches. Now, it's only a success if we hit all 32. So I promise you, listeners, that will be our goal, as that is what we were able to accomplish last season. Again, you can find all of those podcasts here on this feed. You can find them on our website, crackrackets.com. A shout out, as always, to super producer Daniel Westoff on the ones and twos. He has a f- of an editing job to do this week, makes all of this content possible. So shout out to him. Shout out to our friends at Swing Vision as well. Again, learn more about the Swing Vision app by clicking on the link in the description to this show. With all of that said, for our fantastic guest, our super producer, Daniel Westoff, our friends at Swing Vision, from all of us here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You've been listening to another edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. Stay safe, stay healthy. We'll talk to you all soon. Thanks, everyone. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 